You are listening to the Pro Ecclesia podcast from the Truett Church Network. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Part of the interest in this stories in particular, mm-hmm. I mean, that's where my particular area, you know, we all have yeah. to pick our our focus. Um, and that's been my particular area of focus are those stories that mm. are just so interesting. I mean, you've got all the ones that are blood and gore and all of that yeah. that just make for good television. <laughs> but um, there, one of the stories in particular, one of the episodes in particular that has just really defined hmm. um, the way I, the, the questions that I've brought to the yeah. Bible um, is the story of um, the prophet Nathan hmm going to David after David um, sinned against Bathsheba. Yeah. Um, you know, he had um, violated her. Yeah. He had lied. He had murdered her husband. He had done all these terrible things. God sends a prophet. Um, and this prophet, Nathan, you know, as he's walking into the palace, you know, getting his game plan together, <laughs> you know, he could have he could have said, okay, uh, we've got some really clear uh, commandment violations. I can bullet point them out. Could David, have been a, a detective story, right? right? I was like, like we David, got you. yeah. you've done this, this, and yeah. this. Therefore, this, yeah. you know, you have sinned. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith yeah. the Lord. Boom, we're done. Um, he could have done that. And we have examples yeah. of other prophets doing that. Um, but what I love, I mean, what just is so powerful to me is in 2 Samuel 12, when Nathan goes mm. to David, he doesn't just preach at him, you know, yeah. to use that in the yeah. pejorative yeah. kind of sense, but um, he tells him a story. Mm. And, and I've just always been fascinated by why tell a story then? Why tell a story there? And then, I mean, yeah. and Jesus is going to do the same thing. With, with people that ask him, okay, what does it mean to love my neighbor? He's my neighbor. Yeah. He doesn't just tell us. He tells us a, a yeah, story. Never answers the question. Never yeah. answers the question. Ask the question, tell a story. Yeah, yeah. and so why? What is it yeah. about stories? Um, yeah. Okay, Professor. What is it about story? I mean, yeah, <laughs> What what is it? Why? I mean, that's throughout Scripture. There's so many things yeah. we could go to of the story shaping the imagination of God's people, which mm-hmm. then therefore shapes the reality Mm-hmm. And the worldview, the lens through which they view themselves is through the lens of story. So yeah, yeah why, why story? Yeah. What, what, are you, what are you learning there? Well, to, to go back to David, yeah. for example, um, David hears this story. He is um, maybe coming, you know, he's starting out at this place where he's, de- he's defensive. He thinks yeah. he's, you know, big and bad and can't, you know, nobody can touch him. But hearing a story um, about somebody who is hurt Mm. and somebody who has feelings and David is able because he gets sucked into that story identifies with that poor man that has his one little ewe lamb taken away and you know what that feels like and it's because of the story um, he's not being attacked he's being invited to see the world in a different way and that helps him see himself in a different way yeah and so I think and that's what Jesus is going to do with the parables. That's what um, um, all of Scripture really is. Yeah, it's telling yeah. us a story that is inviting us to see the world um, in a different way and to yeah. identify with people that we might not identify with otherwise, Yeah. Um, to see ourselves in different roles and, and to... Tear down our defenses. Tear yeah. down our defenses. I'm trying to remember the quote of 
and I'm going to butcher it because I can't remember who it is, but maybe Fred Craddock, but talk, said, tell the truth, but tell it slant, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, yeah. well, I mm-hmm. thought you were going to go. Yeah. So I, mean, I just taught this yeah. class on okay. reading the Old Testament yeah. with the Inklings, yeah. but um, Tolkien, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien. Oh, now I'm going to butcher it. <laughs> it's okay. Um, yeah. I think it was Tolkien wrote about... Um, fairy stories and why we need to tell fairy stories oh, that was um or was it um, chesterton gk chesterton wrote on i mean he wrote a they chapter all wrote on all yeah, these yeah. things but yeah but i think uh yeah one of them it would kind of make more sense for it to be tolkien than lewis I yeah think, but yeah now that i'm on the spot i'm, I'm gonna <laughs> prove myself yeah. an idiot but it said you have to tell uh stories help you sneak past the the watchful dragons mm-hmm. so we have yeah. people the dragon of pride, the dragon yeah. of familiarity, the dragon yeah. of whatever it is. And if you yeah. tell a story, I mean, that's what the the Greek of the Greek of parable means, right? It's hmm. coming along, it's throwing something alongside. alongside. So you're coming yeah. around yeah. the corner. Interesting. So, so yeah. parables help you. Parables and stories help us see see things in different ways and yeah. help us identify yeah. with different different people. Yeah, it, I mean, the power of story. Well, at times for confrontation, or times mm-hmm. to understand ourselves, and then you see it throughout Scripture. I mean, what what happens before they uh, enter into the Promised Land? They stop everything mm-hmm. and tell the whole story again. Let's get this this sense of having an active memory of who God is and what God has done in our past, both ancient and near, shaping who we are. That it's. <laughs> And it's counteracting, I assume, all the other counter the other stories that might dominate our life. Right. Let's know this story. Tell this story. Yeah, yeah. Deuteronomy six, the whole yeah. Shema, you know, yeah. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is yeah. the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. All of these things that Jesus is going to say is the greatest commandment. Yeah. Um, that chapter goes on and says, okay, this is what you're going to teach your kids. And when your kids start asking you why, because they will, I have a yeah. two-year-old, this is all she asks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, why? Why do we do this? Why do we go to church on Sunday? Mm. Why do we tithe? Why do we not yeah. do this? Why do we do this? Yeah. Why, do we, why, 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 why? What yeah. does God tell them to do? says tell them the story about mm. who created all things and yeah. how you were created and how you were brought out from slavery and delivered through the wilderness tell the story and yeah. it's a better story than mm. <laughs> I mean, you, than anything else you know this a lot of our story this year has been my daughter having a, a traumatic brain injury mm-hmm. and uh helping her understand our story um mm-hmm. anew uh, helping us understand where God is at this during this, and uh, there's trauma. There's been trauma in that, you know. And, and you've helped me, and other readings help understand what trauma is and what trauma isn't. But so much of that of processing trauma mm-hmm. and difficulty is telling the right story that is not a false story, but it's staring the difficult story right in the face mm-hmm. in a way, you know over time in a way that's not damaging. Um, yeah, which is, you've done some work in the Psalms of, of throughout scripture. It's not even just let's ignore reality and tell a story of the past. It's no, let's face the hardest parts of our, our present mm-hmm. and past and future. And this is also part of the story. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Well, cause I mean, talk about trauma and what trauma does i mean one of the most fundamental things that it does is trauma it overwhelms your capacity to keep 
going with life as normal, it, it disrupts that. Um, and it, in a very real way, it prevents you from telling story. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it blocks that part of your brain that can put things together in yeah. those causal, sequential kind of chains. Yeah. And so maybe you have snapshots of memory and feelings and emotions and but maybe you're creating a maybe when you do start putting them back together, it's a false narrative, or maybe you're just stuck in that one moment yeah. and it's meaningless because but you're trapped there. Um and so yeah, when you like so in the Psalms, you get um in in song and <laughs> prayer poet poetic prayers, these stories of um I was doing really bad. Like things were just not great. And yeah. it was your fault, God. That's really what it feels like. And you weren't there. Why have you forsaken me? You know, all my enemies were surrounding me, spitting on me. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, there's nothing. Um, this is bad. And even letting you sit in that. Yeah. But then I cried out and you heard me. Yeah. And you're always with me. And there's nowhere I can go from your presence. And all, you know, there's, yeah. it tells you this story. Um and because it's telling it in the voice of someone else, I think sometimes for those of us that are, um, or for those that are in a really hard place at the time, yeah. maybe we're not ready. <laughs> we're not ready yeah. to say some of these things yet, yeah. um, the good or the bad. Um, but we can read the Psalms. We can read these stories, pray these stories, and hear somebody else's yeah. narrative. There's room for lament within the story of God's movement like Mm -hmm. that. I think there's a lot of people and there's been times, well, for our our journey this year Mm -hmm. where you wondered, am I'm blaming God? Um, And you kind of get stuck and you do wonder, is there room for that? Mm -hmm. And then you read the Psalms and then you read and then, you know, other stories of going, I'm not ready to make the turn from lament to praise quite yet. Mm -hmm. But I know a yet is coming. And I know mm-hmm. just internally you realize if you're never moving toward that turn of the yet of Scripture, and that's the beauty of it. We can take the full range of human emotion experience and it all fits in the story. Mm-hmm. And God is there in every bit of it. Um, but if you never make the turn to yet, it kind of just becomes wallowing some of it. Yeah. And that's the difference of lament. To me, one of them. Of Yeah. But it does make that turn. But yet God is here and present and yeah, you know, in the this full range of mm-hmm. human experience, which is and fascinating. And you're telling those stories yeah. in community. Mm. I think that's a big part yeah. of what you see in the Psalms yeah. too. Is it's it's not just in your head telling telling yourself who you are and where you've yeah. been and where you're going, um, how you feel. It's you're doing this together. Yeah. Maybe not yeah. all the time, yeah. but it is this. Yeah. Um, it's it's a church. It's gathered people. And when sharing and the story becomes so powerful when it proves itself true. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is when church is at its best, right? When mm-hmm. you are in deep need and the church surrounds you and Christ makes himself present to you. Mm-hmm. You know, when David repents and is wallowing, but also finds forgiveness and mm-hmm. that, you know, where the story is real and living and made present to us through the power of the spirit. Yeah. Which makes it more than, I don't know, just a story, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's it's important. I mean, that's important yeah. that the idea of repentance and acknowledging past failures um as part of our story. I yeah. think that's something that we're not really great yeah. at here in the Western church, mm. maybe. 
um, erase the maybe. I mean, we're just not, <laughs> we're not great at yeah. it. I'm not great at it. Uh, and that's something that I think the stories in scripture and in the Psalms in particular, yeah. I mean, you look at some of those historical Psalms like Psalm 78 or Psalm um, 105 and 106, where they're telling the story of Israel and, and who yeah. Israel is and what God has done for them. And they're really quick to acknowledge um, and lament. Yeah. We messed this up and we were not perfect and we did things wrong. And sometimes that's why. Um, we ended up being hurt is because we were really hurting ourselves. Yeah. Sometimes we hurt other people through this, but um, but acknowledging and lamenting yeah. and repenting is part of the story. And yeah. I, think, I think that's one thing the stories mm. in scripture can teach us as well um, as the church right now is um, part of telling our story. <laughs> part of the gospel story yeah. is that we've messed up and... Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, we don't have to project a, a false front of success mm -hmm. or wash over things that don't look shiny and nice, mm -hmm. that we can embrace those. And maybe the power of God is present in those moments of embracing where we have failed, repenting and trying to do better yeah. and accepting the grace of God in yeah. that moment. Yeah, because yeah. true healing doesn't yeah. come. I mean, true healing from trauma um, doesn't really come until you can mourn. Yeah what has been lost yeah. and yeah. the damage. Um, so you, you've got to get yeah. to that. You've got to have those dark yeah. moments. How do you think this speaks to the church, this story of the story of yeah. scripture? I think a few, a few ways. Yeah. So, so first I, I'd say, I think it's really, really important for the church to know, for us to know our own story. Mm. And I mean that in two different ways, yeah. really, as collectively. So one, I think we need to know our story as the people of God in scripture. We yeah. need to know scripture. We need to know those stories. Yeah. Um, biblical literacy right now <laughs> is at an all, you know, is hor horrifically low. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so plug for getting a seminary education <laughs> <laughs> and reading your Bible. Yeah. Um, but also I think each church needs to know its own story. Mm. I mean, where, what is the history of your church on that corner? And yeah. what have you been involved in, in generations past and what, you know, yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah. Um, so that's one, yeah. one thing. I think another thing as pastors, um, recognizing that the people in the pews, um, each have their own stories mm. Um, that are really complicated, some that are really dark, some that are um, really beautiful, but they're all really different. And I think being aware of that is, is yeah. the first step to a lot of a lot of things, but also being aware that every single person in the pew and, and the person behind the pulpit, yeah. right? We have a lot of, you mentioned competing yeah. narratives um, in the world that are telling us who we are and what success looks like and what does it mean to be a christian yeah and what does it mean to be whatever um yeah. we have these these different narratives and i think going back to knowing the narrative of scripture um yeah it's a better story and we need to learn how to tell it in compelling ways so it's not yeah. just so maybe take the lesson of dave of of nathan and don't don't immediately go to um direct attack yeah sometimes that's what's needed i mean we need to pray and be discerning but yeah, sometimes yeah. 
sometimes it's a more indirect. In coaching, pastors often say, particularly young pastors, like direct confrontation confrontation is generally the least imaginative approach to resolving conflict. Mm. Like there's almost always a better way. Conversation, coffee, prayer, you know, Mm -hmm. story, right? I mean, you know, any number of things that are at our disposal to help with that. And as you're visiting, uh, I was reminded of Ed Wimberly, Edward Wimberly, Dr. Edward Wimberly has written a lot on pastoral care in the African-American church tradition. Mm -hmm. And his kind of overarching metaphor story that he uses is that the role of pastoral care for the pastor is to somewhat stand between the stories of our and experiences of our people and the grand arching, overarching story of God and whatever people are going through connected to the story of God. Connect, you know, mm-hmm. addiction, um, you know, pregnancy, death, birth, life, good, bad, otherwise, whatever it is, connect it to the story of God. And if we just keep connecting the stories of our people to the stories, to the the overarching redemptive story of God through preaching, through pastoral care, through leadership, through everything, it it, it slowly embeds, embeds. And anyway, I'm thinking mm-hmm. of that as, as we're talking of yeah. what a great image of pastoral care that is. Tell the story, connect the stories. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, I think that's really good. And I think, um, Learning how to do that too in a sensitive, non-triumphalist kind of mm, way, yeah. where you're not you're not quick to rush to the yeah. ending yeah. of the story, mm. um, and so being willing to sit, you know, yeah. on Saturday <laughs> mm. before yeah. getting to Resurrection yeah. Sunday, and being willing to sit in the in Psalm 88 which is yeah. one of the psalms that doesn't have a turn to praise yeah. where it is just you know God you have left me in darkness end of psalm end of psalm <laughs> there aren't many of those but there there's are not some. many yeah. and there's yeah. some and I think being yeah. willing to to let people's stories play out and not rush them yeah um is important um but but yeah. yeah, but tying it back and yeah. keep telling this larger story. And that's um, why you need the whole of the scriptural story, yeah. right? And and that is the two pastor. We didn't end up. I didn't start out to talk about pastoral care and leadership, but it ties in so well. Of it's not our job to fix people. It's mm-hmm. not our job to move them. It's our job to be a faithful presence, the faithful presence of Jesus to them through their story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's the Holy Spirit's job to work and convict and to move and. We are con- on our best days. We're conduits of that. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty exciting. Um, thank you for your time today. Yeah. This is a, a and an, I do think your point on understanding the story of your church and the stories of your people and not superimposing a story on that, but allowing that to be discovered through the Spirit's work ties into some of our other discussions today. Um, but that, that's a lot, I think, to chew on and to process for us. Any final word of encouragement? Um, or final word for us today? Well, just start thinking about ways to get the story down in your bones. Yeah. Um, one of the um, one of the great practices of the church is reading scripture. Mm. And if you read five psalms a day, you can get through the whole book of Psalms yeah. every month. Wow. And so yeah. um, that's not too many, five no, a day. And, yeah. and 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 because that is yeah. those psalms are such a great source yeah. of the story of who God is and of who we are. Um, 
I think that's a really nice way to begin to word. and to give us yeah. language for saying the things that we maybe aren't sure that we can yeah. say as part of our story. And I think Psalms, it's like reading, um, it's like a notepad that you draw a circle on and the more you draw it, it gets deeper, you know. Mm. They're not made to be read once. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, you read them over decades and that that meaning imprints and imprints. So for those that read and struggle to understand or struggle with, keep reading. Yeah. Keep reading. That's a, that's kind of part of the story. Yeah. It embeds itself ever, ever deeper within yeah. us. But well, thank you for your time with us today. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thank uh, you.